Last week on Channel Massive, we returned to League of Legends, shaking off months of rust, and we took fledgling military Scott under our wing in epic battles versus pots. In just three episodes, we will make him a man. We will. We also debated and then decided what our next MMO tour would be. World of Warcraft. A return. That was met by... Interesting feedback. <laughs> Support was... Well, opinions were... Shall opinions we were shared. Shared. Gauntlets were thrown. <laughs> yes. Mention and of Death Knights was made. <laughs> we discussed a bunch of random news stories. Not worth regurgitating here. Mm. Never worth regurgitating. This is XQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. This is Channel Massive episode 261, Side Quest from the Brink. In this episode, we'll be covering our second side quest in League of Legends. You'll find out if we finally manned up enough to fight real opponents. Mm -hmm. We'll also go over the latest consternation over World of Warcraft, both locally and globally. And globally. Yes. Let us know what you think of the show. What do you think of this episode? Keep in touch. Do you have any tips on stuff that we should do? segments whatever things you want to react to send that into mail email at channelmassive.com also please feel free to share a review of us on itunes you can follow us on our facebook page at facebook.com slash channel massive our twitter is at channel massive and our individual twitters are at co markham that's for mark and and uh, at this is noah that's for noah <laughs> right on <laughs> ironic I like it. um that's the crossfire introduction crossfire and when you do your review for iTunes, if you just want to say something like, well, it's getting better, that's totally fine. Yeah. We'll understand. Yeah, we, we like all we, feedback. We, that's we constructive. believe that as we shed co-hosts, we continue to become better. <laughs> so We can't take everybody to the top of the we mountain. We can't take them all. <laughs> yep. we got to climb. Got to cut the slack somewhere. <laughs> Drop the dead weight. Someone will form that base camp tent. <laughs> the rest of us are headed straight for the sky. <laughs> We also have some feedback that we'll get into, primarily concerned. It's, it's a lovely cornucopia of comments based on our decision to play World of Warcraft. Yeah. From the people. We know and trust. The most. The most. The mostest. The hostesses with the mostesses. <laughs> our hosts. Hosts, not hostesses, dude. <laughs> I was wondering if you were just going to let that say. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't. That would... Yeah, okay. Somebody might react to that. Yeah. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> We, we understand that there some people are good at that. No and I can't be too snarky because we're going to encounter many of those involved with that email thread in person in just four <laughs> weeks, so we don't want to do anything that'll get us a bloody nose or anything. That's true. Don't want to be sucker punched. We want hugs. Get right off the plane and bam! <laughs> so you thought it was funny to make fun of me on that podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a little sign waiting for you, and then they just come in from the side. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
it's a, it's a frightening mental picture. <laughs> It'd be so awesome if we were filmed and put on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'd like, I'd watch it. The punking of Noah and Mark. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into news. There was a whole bunch of great news that happened just before we recorded in the, in the couple days leading up to it. So this news should be fresher than usual. Yes. The news that we can't comment on because it's happening right as we record EverQuest Next is being unveiled by Sony Online Entertainment. Mm. Imagine the thrilling art design. Imagine, if you will, textures that re- accurately represent... Real items thrown together with no art direction whatsoever. No, I can't really say that. That's just what has <laughs> it happened in the past. It kind of felt like that in EverQuest 2, though. It really did. Yeah, and although I liked EverQuest 2, I just never felt like it was cohesive in some ways. You know who I talked to today for a good, I don't know, 45 minutes? The art director for EverQuest 2? Not quite. Oh, okay. Tear. <laughs> Tear, oh, yeah. And she actually brought up, she's like, well, what's the next MMO you're playing? I'm like, well, we're playing world of warcraft and she's like not star trek online or or everquest 2 and i'm like well first of all mark hates star trek online so i don't think we'll play that yeah (laughs) and i don't think anybody wants to play everquest 2 not anymore no not whenever quest next is right all out of my system (laughs) well jason got it out of our systems really he did with his live pool boy i wonder if he's working on run right now Oh, arms are a little too thick. Must thin them down. A swimmer's body. It's rotate. More willowy. He's supple and willowy like I like my pool boys. We kid. But uh, not sort of. (laughs) If only he were here to defend himself. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a negative review on iTunes from him soon. Uh... Let's get into some Nintendo news. It's something we don't do very often here on Channel Massive because I record a Nintendo podcast on a weekly basis called Nintendo Heartcast, and I don't feel like dragging Mark through monotonous Nintendo, Nintendo flaccid news. cast. Yeah, no. So, Our, my so Nintendo my rigid... podcast is quite rigid and rip- appreciated. Well, no, you said you do hardcast. Heart. Oh, I thought you said Nintendo Hardcast. Hearts with a T. Oh, I apologize. Well, we'll just edit that whole thing. (laughs) It was funny until I found out I was totally off base. No, that's totally staying in there. Mm, Damn it. (laughs) How much money will it cost me? Let me log into PayPal now. (laughs) $2.50 could be yours if you could just edit that out and let that little thing go. But Nintendo had a really awful piece of news. Awful piece of news. Did awesome. I say that right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought for a second there I said awful. Awful piece of news. Awful. Welcome to <laughs> Channel's Massive. <laughs> Welcomes to our podcast. So if you are a Wii U fan, you're probably not because nobody has bought a Wii U. In fact, hardly anybody at all bought one. Globally, for the last three months, only 160,000 were sold worldwide. Which is not so much compared to the 210 million for Wii's, right? Yeah. That's... It was actually outsold by a seven-year-old machine during the same period that hasn't had any new games come out for it in months. That is slightly tragic. Almost a year, actually. Major games, at least. So... Yeah, and yet Nintendo still has a very aggressive forecast. They plan on selling 8 million Wiis worldwide and 37 million more 
Wii U games by next March. How on earth is that going to happen when they, I think they just barely broke 2 million, 3 million global sales? Yeah. And they no want to sell another, or no. Oh, and when they I just said, broke 1 million sales, When, when I said 210, that was in sales, not units, but still for the Wii. Yeah. Units sold? That, I mean, that's in total sales, millions of dollars, not millions oh. of units. Oh, I, I okay. That's what it said. Okay. Um, I think that's what I, I was doing it by memory, which is never a good idea for me. That sounded right, though. Yeah, I read it somewhere. So yeah, Wii U sold 160,000 units worldwide, and then only 1.3 million copies of software. And then on the Wii side of the fence, 210,000 pieces of hardware were oh, sold. Oh, 210,000 units. And and, point- which was 40,000 more, or 50,000 more than Wii U, and 3.67 million games, which was pretty much almost triple the amount of games sold for Wii U. No matter how badly I mangle the numbers, it's still not pretty. No, it's not. And Nintendo's putting a lot of faith in the games that are coming out. Granted, it has a major game coming out every month through the end of the year. Yeah. This month, it's Pikmin 3. Then the next month, I'm not quite sure, but there's Pikmin 3. There's the, uh, an HD remake of Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which is the GameCube Zelda game. And then there is also going to be Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and new Super Mario Brothers, th- Super Mario 3D World. Oh wow! Which allows you to play as Peach for the first time in a Mario platforming game since Super Mario Brothers 2 came out in '89, I think '88. Women's liberation is not uh, <laughs> is 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 successful at last. <laughs> Equality, the glass ceiling will soon be shattered. It only took 24 years. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a waffle, and a major waffle in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it is pretty weird, I mean, to hear these statistics and to... I mean, it never, like, the platform never resonated with me just because of the weird hybrid, like, console controller thing. Yeah. And I always, and I, I think, um, or tablet controller kind of yeah. thing. I think what you've said in the past has always been more kind of to my thinking which is I think I might just want to play games that are natively a tablet game then get this thing and have yeah. this hybrid of a you know like looking up and down and I'm just not into that idea or just well I'll just go upstairs and play it I I, I don't know it's just it's weird so one well, it has steeper competition in that Xbox One and PS4 are coming out this holiday yeah and they keep having headlines like they've sold out Oh, there might still be some available. Oh, they've sold out again. And so there's going to be a lot of hype and a lot of marketing put yeah. into those systems. And are people going to say, actually, I'm going to buy a Wii U. Yeah. When when the, the model that most people choose, there's only a $50 price difference between it and the PS4. Well, and the titles that are coming out for those are also going to be, you know, parents are going to be wailed on by their tweens and teens and such, you know, saying, I got to have... I gotta have the Xbox One or I gotta have the PS4 because I want this game, Daddy. Now, yeah. Daddy. You know, versus well, I really want to play this Donkey Kong game for yeah, which is more almost seems like more nostalgia to me than than um you know something that's gonna be really relevant with the the generation of kids that are yeah kind of driving these sales indirectly. So I don't yeah. know. We shall see, but. Yeah, it's it doesn't sound good. make or break time, and yeah. that's a really, really bad. I feel my prediction, and I said this over on Twitter, is that 
If Nintendo still hasn't adjusted their forecasts, it can only mean, to, in my opinion, that they're going to slash the price of the system. That's the only oh. way I think that they'll sell that many units is by aggressively cutting the price. That's what they had to do with 3DS and that they're still keeping these super aggressive pie-in-the-sky forecasts on, in my opinion, what's not a very compelling lineup of software. I mean, yeah, great, they're good games, and they're coming out one after another, but I still don't think yeah. it's going to make miracles happen. That's too bad. Miracles should happen around the holidays. Tiny That's Tim true. needs his food. <laughs> but I could be wrong. We'll see. Now, something that has actually been doing very well, quite successful is Cryptic's new MMO, Neverwinter. It actually broke the 2 million player mark in just a few weeks of being out, I think, actually. It's no crazy. Less. Which is uh, pretty impressive, and they released a little trailer to highlight all of the over-the-top praise they got in some reviews and previews. Self- self-glorifying trailer. Yeah. I, I'm, You know me, I'm really kind of pessimistic about Cryptic titles these days, so... I'm kind of whatevering them, even though there's a few things about it that could be really cool. Um, I definitely want to go back and try it, and it would be a great game for us to have maybe another side quest in or something like sure. that, because it's free to play. Yeah, a little investment there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and actually in comparison to DDO, I think I mentioned this last week. Oh, it'd be way more fun than that. Probably would have done Neverwinter in hindsight. Yeah, except the player class, the, the class limitation was pretty... Yeah, it's much it's like, shallower yeah. in there. DDO, if you could take like the gameplay for Neverwinter and apply all the cool mechanics and stuff they've worked out in DDO for the classes. Aside and, from leveling up. And the constant fighting the kobolds. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the back to back to back to back to back to back to back kobold missions. Uh, <laughs> it would be pretty cool. You ask Some so hybrid. Much. And then to have you know Cryptic not shut it down because, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. NCSoft shut it down, I should say, but uh, would be nice, too. So few games are successful, especially Champions Online, or City of Heroes. City of Heroes, why? Such a money that? drain. God, I can't believe they did that. My angst knows no bounds for that one. You'll never let it go? I won't. I'm not. Ever since that little old lady got up and gave that sad speech that I initially... <laughs> You're going to deride her for? But eventually just... Started right on the bandwagon and wailing, <laughs> pounding my fist on the floor, <laughs> kicking my feet, knocking chairs over. Maybe they'll have another similar session at DragonCon this year, and you can relive that experience. Yeah, that's my my thought. Is that there there will probably be a panel where I go in laughing and come out crying again. Um, probably True Blood because I think that that one's going down the tubes. So yeah, we'll see. Huh. Shadowrun Returns was a Kickstarter-funded game, and it's actually delivered. It has released. We have many other Kickstarter games that we're looking forward to, but this is one of the first that we covered a long time ago, or we talked about it a while ago. It came out, and it turns out it's not too bad. The general press consensus so far on the review scores, it's on Metacritic, it's a 76 out of 100. And there's a lot of positive statements basically saying, Many saying that it captures the spirit or the essence of the previous game. Complaints kind of centering on there's not much RPG in the story, but the story is still really good. Yeah. It's kind of short, it's kind of linear, but it kind of scratches that itch. The one caveat that a lot of people are issuing is that, well, there's a, a tool for players to create their own missions and storylines. Oh. And so there's a lot of couched praise in that, 
Well, maybe a year from now, it'll be what it really should be because the player community will have stepped up to the task of creating a whole bunch more content. We could say that about Neverwinter as well. That's very true. And um, we'll see. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I was I was just last night reflecting on the... What's interesting in games right now are two things. The Kickstarter thing and the early release model, which would have been like Minecraft was an early release model. Oh, yeah. Where you buy in... The sooner you buy in, the cheaper it is, but the features are not filled out, you know, mm-hmm. fleshed out. And so... Um, I was looking at a new trailer on Steam for Interstellar Marines, which looks like a really cool kind of Halo-esque um, FPS. Mm-hmm. And it's an early release. I think you can get into it now for like 15 bucks. But nice. it's going to slowly ramp up. And it's supposed to be a really full-featured, story-driven, you know, kind of like, um, oh, what was the Star Trek uh, Elite Force type game? Oh, I love that game. It looks like that. Like, you start out in this, like, um, training facility in the somewhere in the states but eventually it's you know out outer space combat starship troopers like stuff um and so you know i was just reflecting on these two new models that are really cool you know one is you can kind of watch the development from the sidelines but you've already put your money where your mouth is and you're going to get you know some pretty cool rewards depending on what tier you come in at versus the early release where you get to start playing it you can actually watch it improve Mm-hmm. And so on that on that hand, I'm playing um, Kerbal Space Program, which is another early release. And I did the same thing with Minecraft. And um, every time I log in, there's new stuff to do in that game that they've added. Oh, that's nice. And new features and and fixes and stuff. And um, I'm playing it with my six year old, and like he's getting like a really cool understanding of what makes spaceships go and airplanes and he knows about drag coefficients and lift and center of balance and all this stuff mm-hmm. for a six-year-old he walked by the other day and was and just laid out some kind of really cool thing about how propulsion works or something because he was trying to he's trying to model it with his legos yeah and i was like this this conversation would have never happened without this silly little early release game that i've been playing with him so um, it's pretty cool. It's like really cool that you that can That is do really this. cool. And that, that you can experience that with your kid is awesome. Yeah, that that one and Minecraft both are were really kinda cool in that respect. This Interstellar Marines one looks like more of a grown up game, but I really am kinda digging them. Have you purchased any early release stuff or is it kinda new to you? I haven't. Uh the main reason being I feel like I'll never actually play it. Monaco would have been one you would have, just because you were yeah. into, interested in that so long before it came out. Yeah, I just, I would have to be extremely interested in it, yeah. I guess. It's, that's a really good point. If that had been available, I would have played it earlier. I think so. Well, actually, no, I take that back, because there was a pre-release. The original, Oh. the original, it was called Monte Carlo, was oh. the original conceptual version of the game that won all the awards, mm-hmm. and then they went and took the awards and the press from that and then they made monaco oh, okay. and they re- included monte carlo as a pre-order bonus and i got it but i never touched it oh, i just feel like i'm so backlogged yeah that is true that is true that uh, the time when i'll be like oh yeah i should do that I should do that but i don't have to do it yeah that's kind of how i was i was on the fence with that kerbal space program because then none of the missions exist yet it's all just pure sandbox mode yeah but there's so much cool stuff like I now know how you get into orbit. I, I mean, it seems like you just blast straight into orbit, but really there's some things you can do to expand and contract your your orbital you know, oh, path cool. around the planet that, that maybe don't make as much sense. Like, 
it's pretty sweet. And so it's stuff like that. I'm just like blown away by this little sandboxy game that I put $14 into. And you're you're both you and your kid are learning from it. We're both learning together. <laughs> it's like it's fun and it's and it's science. You know, I because time. I read better than him, I can speak more authoritatively to him. But the truth is, uh, to it with him. But the truth is, I'm just right. I'm only a page ahead of him in the book. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty cool. That's, That's really cool. Pretty cool thing. Sorry about the tangent. I just was curious no. what your thoughts were on that model because no, I think it actually ties in another story that we have. That being Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. Now, that's Which, one that's got both of us. Yeah, and it, it just recently, I, I think it was only at the very beginning of July, barely a month ago, it hit $14 million, and since then it's hit $15 million without any major incentives. And he's... Well, I guess the subtitle for... or subtext for this is they've totally proven the AAA guys wrong. I mean, are the publishers for those guys wrong? The quote they included in their press releases was essentially it was like, 10 years ago, AAA publishers decided that space games could not be viable and they shouldn't be made. And you're proving them very, very wrong by supporting us. And the people that I know that have, um, you know, already kind of pitched the money for it or whatever, pledged, I guess, um, are really into it. Yeah. They know a lot about it. Like, you know way, way more than I do about it as far as what the ships that you can get are and how that kind of works. I looked into it a little bit. I wouldn't say that I know significantly. Well, I, you know more about I mean, just the stuff you talked about was news to me. Like, I had no idea. But um, people really are into this that are... Yeah. I'm in- excited for it. I'm kind of nervous about it, too. I feel like I still don't know quite yet if it's a game that requires a lot of learning like it has a really intense learning curve and it's super technical and it's much more flight simulator versus fly around shoot stuff because that's kind of more my my well i think that's more my angle that i'd enjoy and when you were talking earlier about the different models something that's kind of sitting in the back of my mind with all these kickstarter games is what if you i almost wonder if the majority of the potential consumer market is saturated by early funders i was wondering that kind of too so like let it releases retail and then nobody buys it because all the people who are really interested in it bought it right already but if is that still bad well if is it, it enough paid, if it paid for the development of it and they were gainfully employed during that time the people developing it by the effort well, provided that it's completely done and there's not going to be any expansion content afterwards. Yeah. But I would assume most of these companies would be like, all right, now we need to sell copies so that we can either add expansions, add content, or work in our next game without having to do a big fundraiser. Yeah, no, that is interesting. Um, well, I guess we won't really know until I wonder what the, I wonder out. what their aim is, like, really... You know, I was listening to, um, I was ta- talking before the podcast started about listening to this podcast for Dragon Con, and they had the president on, and he was saying, you know, Dragon Con isn't about a profit, and he was like, talking about one year where they had $10,000 profit, and he immediately spent it by having Jefferson Airplane come and play, or Starship, or whatever, because <laughs> that was the goal, was to not, was to break even. Which is just a crazy way of thinking about anything. I can't yeah. imagine that. I I would never. We all want profit. I want profit. And I want residual income, and I want. <laughs> just, exactly. Well, there's a reason for doing. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. job. You want to be successful and not be living from paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. 
But yeah, Star Citizen is proving a lot of people wrong, and it's funny because Noah and I have both... It's for both of us like a milestone when it comes out we're or right before it comes out we're upgrading our systems yeah. to be able to accommodate it because it's yeah. going to be so you know oh, I'm so excited so, about it yeah man that is going to be awesome so yeah so that, that was just a little update on Star Citizen little blip and speaking of fundraising Infinite Crisis is also getting into additional fundraising schemes it is an upcoming MMO that's based in the DC universe with multiple copies of Spider-Man, or I'm sorry, not Spider-Man, Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman, all the alternate universe versions of them and the oh, Joker. Yeah. Is it an MMO or a MOBA? It's a MOBA. Oh, okay. I, I might have said MMO if by you, accident. Either you said it wrong or I heard it wrong, but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, so they're doing this Founders program where you, even though it's a free-to-play game, if you step up to the plate now and you spend... 20 bucks, you get early access to the beta, the closed beta, and a key to share with a friend, and then you get three champions included. So I'm guessing that they're doing League of Legends straight up where you only can play as whatever champions are currently free until you pay to unlock them. Well, it's a blatant ripoff of League of Legends with a DC universe thrown in on top of it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the base gameplay is Dominion, exactly. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad. I I'm just saying, I bet it is exactly the same champion rotation idea, you know. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, it gets... I like the thing I I like... I think Noah and I always had a much larger percentage of the the champions purchased in League of Legends than what was unpurchased. (laughs) Yeah. Just from the beginning. Yeah. Um, However, there have been rare occasions where that week there will be a, a champion I don't have and I get to try him. Yeah, and you really can fall in love with a champion that way, or go, "Wow, glad I didn't invest in oh, this." Oh, I almost bought Zach this week because he was on sale, and then I watched the champion spotlight and read more about the abilities. I'm like, I think this is a bad idea. I yeah. should wait until I really get a chance to play him before I commit. There's a lot like that where I wish I would have waited, but usually it's the skin that gets me. Yeah, they I have hate some to really say good that. design. That's like I could care less how the player or the champion actually plays i just love the design yeah yeah i totally hear you tron siver or whatever is one that that's the thing that kind of makes me less excited about infinite crisis is that its core concept is about these alternate dimensions but it's like i don't want to see much like the uh what is it the marvel one yeah four instances of the theme running around or three versions of wonder woman fighting each other even if they look different it's still it's wonder woman versus wonder woman versus wonder woman i don't like copies of iconic characters combating each other it's just it seems really cheesy to me it is cheesy it's it's well yeah now granted infinite crisis isn't literally like that marvel is it marvel mmo it is yeah yeah it's fantastic fours in there yeah it's a lot like it just a moba versus an mmo but dc's so there's like three or four different batmans and each of them have actually different abilities so they're not literally carbon copies but there's just it doesn't resonate with me. I think I'd have to be a, a hardcore fan of the Infinite Crisis storyline and everything yeah. else to really want to live. Well, that. I think you're going to find too that the gameplay for like a League of Legends or a Dota 2 is so tweaked out due to playtesting and massive users that yeah, it's going to kind of be difficult to quickly come to some you know similar level 
It'll take some time for its before it, it's it balanced. It will, and balance is going to be an issue. And it's just like, why? Why would I spend my time and why would I start buying more and more stuff and another, yet another like, why fork my free to play MOBA effort? I'm already in bed with League of Legends. I might as well just marry her. So <laughs> she's the girl I took to the prom. So or what was it? She's the girl I took to the dance. Or what was that horrible metaphor we got at work that time? Oh gosh. She's, I don't remember, but I, I I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, why did you just say that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we've got lots of stories like that, as you know. But we if have, you were really into Infinite Crisis, you could not only spend a twenty dollars tier, you could also spend fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. Yeah, unlocking additional there? champions and additional beta keys to throw at other friends to get them to try to play. Yes, if you would like to get us to try to play, feel free to throw us those. Well, yeah. we have the beta keys, but if you want to throw us some <laughs> costumes or something. And getting into some older games, before we get to the main event, which is our World of Warcraft discussion, what do you think of this Elder Scrolls anthology that was just announced? Well, I don't like any of the Elder Scrolls games really before Oblivion. Yeah. So, um, like, even Oblivion has some issues with the, like the story and the character names and stuff so um, I already have Skyrim and uh, that's pretty much all I need <laughs> So, and it doesn't the include end. Fallout 3 it's Elder Scrolls only from Bethesda yeah. so uh, yeah not too excited but I think it's really cool though if you're into those games and some people are genuinely really into Hardcore them and fans. have been yeah. um, I remember when I first wrote, read about Arena I was totally psyched for it and then I played it and was like meh <laughs> but if you're really into those, it it does come with like some cool stuff. Not only do you get like the the full anthology with all DLC and expansions and everything, but um, I think you get like a, do you get like a map with that? You get yeah, it's a pretty elaborate. You box get set. some pretty cool stuff. Oh, I keep clicking the wrong link. That's why I'm struggling to uh, speak to this. But yeah, it it's probably if you're a fan, it's probably essential. Um. But if you already have everything, I you know I don't know five physical maps depicting the lands of, um, well some cool names they came up with, including Tamriel, Skyrim, and Morrowind. Yeah, Iliac Bay, Tamriel, Zero. <laughs> I feel like I have someone else in the podcast. I do, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 cool. It does have a lot of stuff for Skyrim, the Hearthfire, Dragonborn, and Dawnguard DLC packs. Um, I would say if you if you have all those already and you haven't played Fallout 3, it's the other Bethesda game you should be playing. So put it there. Now with that in mind, something that you can't have from the past that ended up never being was a third game in the Knights of the Old Republic series that was being oh, worked on by Obsidian. This story kills me because... And this is by... Um, the, it's Chris Avalon, right? The guy we saw at Dragon Con last year? Yeah. The the one who had, had quite a bit to drink. Um, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they reported to Eurogamer that Kodar 3 would have featured the character Revan... Uh, more than Kotar 2, from which the character was largely absent, which is interesting because he was kind of such a cool part of it. Yeah. And and just the thought that they 
they were really actually ready to do this until and the they were whole... pitching it and they were pitching it and oh. LucasArts was just like meh, meh. Yeah. and then they're like look it's not going to happen stop pitching it yeah quit pitching this crap to us and work on something else go somewhere safe from Disney like oh I don't know maybe Marvel oh nope can't go there <laughs> Phineas and Ferb nope can't go there nope uh I don't know. It's too bad. I think I think it would have been cool if they had made that as well as Swoter. So. Well, now Electronic Arts completely owns the rights to all things Star Wars. Everything. At least as far as video games are concerned. Yeah. So this will never happen. We'll never see the light of day, which is too bad. But because... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Knights of the Old Republic returned by EA's hand, but maybe not necessarily from Obsidian. Yeah. Of course, their first game is going to be the Battlefront game which is being developed by the people behind Battlefront. What, what's the other FPS? Oh, Battlefield? Battlefield, or, yeah. Or, or. I was getting confused because it's, it's, it's a lot like Battlefront, but it's not. So Star Wars Battlefront is going to come out right at the same time as the first movie, and it's being made by the Battlefield people. God, I'm just not big on those those Star Wars Battlefront games, but it's cool. I mean... It's kind of cool. It's a mesh of strategy and action. Oh, kind like of like it has an two different RTS kinds of FPS modes. sort of thing. Yeah, Is, I wonder if it'll ever they'll ever re, you know achieve my dream where if you elect for FPS, there's just an arrow telling you where you're being commanded to go all the time. <laughs> you know, over here, over there. Yes. Duck. Follow the arrow. Yeah. Duck and cover. They're launching a nuke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool stuff, though. A lot of good news coming out. Yeah, but the main event, the main topic we wanted to talk about is World of Warcraft. So right after... We're going to read the patch 5.4 notes. Yeah. Sorry. Just, not <laughs> we really. We could. We could, um, but we won't. <laughs> we won't. We, we, know, we know how some of you out there feel about World of Warcraft. There are other podcasts for that. Yes, there are. That read so much better than we do. Yeah. But World of Warcraft, it's continuing to drop players. It got up to, what was it? Over 10 million when Mists of Pandaria came out. Yeah, it sounded like they had 12 million in 2010. That was then the they peak. Dropped. Then they got back up to 10 with Mists of Pandaria, but then that plummeted sooner than they had, had traditionally seen it drop. Yeah, um, well, I think there was another peak because I think Cataclysm, because 12 million was, <laughs> was before Cataclysm came out. And I think it went down, then it went back up. And then. Mists of Pandaria, or Pandaria, as it's Pandaria. pronounced in the game. The, it, it bumped it up to 10 million, just over 10 million, and then it dropped. Uh, it, it went from 9.1 million to just over 10 million, and then it dropped down. It's now as low as 7.7 million, so it's basically dropped. It's the end of the world. 2.8 million? Yep, it's the end of the world. Of Warcraft. Of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I like to qualify that after a significant delay. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I'm so used to just drinking a gigantic rum and coke, and and tonight I'm drinking like this, like caffeine infused herbal tea in a little tin. And cup. I still, I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm hammered. You're physically it's just, trained. It's habit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So. This is hot on the heels of Activision Blizzard repurchasing its liberty from French investors Vivendi Universal. Yeah, now that's interesting to see 
Vivendi going, you know what, this was a bad idea. This has happened to Noah and I with a giant company acquiring our, our innocent little company and then going, oh, crap, <laughs> we don't understand anything you do. Let's get, let's divest, let's divest. Divest, divest. Divest, divest. So this is happening with them now. Yeah, although apparently... They're buying themselves, right? They're they're setting themselves free versus being shut down. Which is funny because like Atari just sued Atari or something for money too. You know, in France, they just do things crazy out there. Ugh. All sorts of crazy things going on. But this is a serious drop for the for World of Warcraft. Now, granted, it's still the biggest MMO out there, but it's not increasing. It's just going down. Right. It's not plateauing. The the headline for the story that we're pulling some of these numbers from plays it as well. the The subscription plummet is slowing. It did but, say that. It's a, yeah. It's like it's uh, it, it it's slowing down. What, did did you at all wonder as you read it read these articles like, well, where are these people going? Are they going to all these new free to play MMOs or are are some of them jumping over to MOBAs since like everybody and their brother is making a new MOBA? Are they are people starting to split their time up between their MMO and MOBA? Because, I mean, a lot of people who play MMOs they grind through the content and then they do like PvP stuff, and MOBA is just that like refined, very true to the point of crack. Yeah. So I wonder if there's some attrition to a totally different genre versus, you know, they're all in Neverwinter. Well, two million went there, and <laughs> you know, the rest are playing Eve Online and. You know, I I don't know. It's it's just an interesting thought that the attrition could be not necessarily to a competi- a direct competitor, but to something entirely different. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, well, and I feel like we've got a couple points of reaction. I mean, our own fellows that we play with, a lot of them are like, I don't want to pay to subscribe to World of Warcraft. Yeah. And then I actually did a brief tour of some of our favorite MMO blogs over the years that we've referenced here in Channel Massive. The ones that are still alive. Yeah, and there's a lot of them where it's like, sorry, I haven't posted for X number of months, where they had their last post was from several months ago. Mm-hmm. Those who are acknowledging what's going on, they're just like, there's really nothing going on. MMOs aren't really that hot right now, and there's not a lot of excitement going on. But it, I find it weird for them to say that because we've seen MMOs coming out. It's funny with, because as you're talking, I'm hearing Huey Lewis in the news as I want a new drug in my head, which yeah. I think is kind of what it is. It's like, People are kind of like looking for something else. And one of them even cited that MMO blogs, in their, in this person's opinion, peaked when Warhammer Online was getting ready to come out because apparently that spawned a lot of people writing blogs about it. Because, oh, God, I remember that time. Yeah, and so there's just blogs everywhere. And since then, there's just not that same kind of grassroots movement. So, hey, let's blog about this. Well, in those, and I don't want to delve into it for too long, but those blogs were so funny to me <laughs> because... Knowing only what the PR people were saying with their regular white sunglass wearing um, video podcasts and stuff, they were like, and it's going to destroy, wow, future might happen, Warhammer Online will utterly destroy present and utterly playable war, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, and it was just so <laughs> weird like that they were like already comparing features, proposed features that were mm-hmm. like on a whiteboard. Versus oh, yeah. what was in existence. What actually was going to be executed. I mean, they yeah. just bought it like, oh, it's going to happen because we're told that it's going to happen. And, you know, we're not speaking from ignorance. Noah and I both played a lot of lot of hours of Warhammer. Yeah. And 
and we did have there was a certain little version of play that we liked which was called killing the other team yeah but uh other than that which was, was a game mode it wasn't the main it game, was no world which of was tiresome. Yeah. Oh gosh no not at all so i never when when playing warhammer online i never had the feeling that i did when playing world of warcraft earlier this year it's just like i want to keep playing this yeah i want to play i i I was wanting homework almost for that game. Yeah, and this one was, I was enjoying it. Like this is kind of fun because it's what we set out to do, and we we're doing it. But now I really need to do something else. Yeah, I need yeah. to. I need to like recover energy for what I've expended yeah. playing this game. Like with League of Legends, I would compulsively play that. One. Oh yeah, I'd be like, I'll just really play till ten it. o'clock, and then it's two in the morning. Okay, well, I'll just I'll, do one lunchtime just, game. Yeah. Three hours later. <laughs> oh, I get a call off sick now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's been much angst over this um, decline in subscriber base for um, World of Warcraft, and there was even, it's interesting, you put into the show notes a uh, an opinion piece off Polygon, which I had read as well, and I decided not to put it in the notes, just because I read the opinion piece and was like, oh, I'm just going to have to say that that's kind of bullshit. Um, so, interested to hear your, your perspective on it. So the opinion piece is kind of a, a two-part thing where one half of it talks about how World of Warcraft is almost entirely dependent upon its subscription base. And if the, subscri- if the subscription base falls to a certain point, the entire game world, so to speak, will implode. Gulp. It just can't <laughs> be... Um, it can't be sustained. It's not self-sustainable. Yeah, and even if it went free to play, then that wouldn't be sustainable because basically the funding dependencies that Blizzard has created for supporting the game would shift to a small portion of wealthy players who would have to spend a lot of money in a microtransaction store to keep the game afloat and as supported as it is now. And then the second half goes off to drawing a comparison of a possible alternative that MMOs could follow. I don't know if it was specifically World of Warcraft should do this. I guess it was kind of suggested that way. I mean, it is in the same piece. Using Animal Crossing, which is my current video game obsession. I've put over 50 hours in that game. Wow. I've played it every day since I Wow, that's pretty heavy. For like the last three or four weeks. So I'm really into it, and I really do like it. The, The novelty... The funny thing is, is I feel like I've reached a point where I feel, and I've never experienced this, but if I, this is my assumption, I feel like I'm a level 80 World of Warcraft player where I turn on the game because I have to turn it on because there's there's different inventory in the stories every day. So I go to each of the stories and look at all the inventory. I go around the town and look for all the fossils that I can dig up. And then it's like, all right, do I need to spend, what am I going to spend my money on? Okay, now I need to grind for money. <laughs> and so wow. I, need, I go out to the ocean or I go to the tropical island and I look for sharks to fish out because sharks give me the most money and I'll skip on some of the smaller fish because you can see the shadows and the, oh. like the fish size in the water so you know what you're kind of going to get. And I'll do some other harvesting of insects to get up a whole bunch of money so I can pay for my next public works project or my next expansion on my house. And it's just it's really a grind. Right. And I can have people come over, but then they get in the way. Like when people visit my town, I can't make donations or certain things I can't do that I need to do for the maintenance oh, of my town. Yeah. So that's not too fun. And there is, but, but the way that it works is that since my town is on my game card 
and everybody's town's on their game cards, you can, for free, go and visit other people's towns. Oh. And see that instance of the game world as that other player has shaped it. How, what are the residents of that person's town? How has that person built their house and customized it? What public works projects did they build in the town? That's kind of like Garriott's retro collector game, Facebook yeah. game. In that yeah, it's kind of like that. And the idea is, well, what if an MMO were built up like that, where the infrastructure was less housed on a company's servers than it was more housed on individual machines? So you wouldn't have this huge continent that you could travel back and forth with, with hundreds of people and running into all these people along the way. But if the company got to a point where it didn't have enough money to support itself or to do it, and then it just turned off the servers, that game's gone. Whereas a game that uses the Animal Crossing model, since things are more on the player side, it apparently would have more longevity. Hmm. I think it's interesting, but kind of... It's it's not a... Per, it's The concepts of how we understand a traditional MMO do not cleanly overlay on top of that framework. No. The closest thing to, to that would be League the of concept of well, well, I opinion. suppose that too. But I was thinking of like where you actually develop something that's unique, like your city or, or like whatever. Minecraft. Your town is like your yeah, more like a Minecraft or a traditional old school mush where you go, you just start developing air an area and 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 customizing it and investing time to build it, and then people that could visit it would would be constrained by the rules you've set up and by what you have. Yeah. But it's optional if they stay or not, they can warp out. You can't like trap them and stuff. But you could <laughs> you could build a whole system. <laughs> not that that's what I was immediately I going to do. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get back out of my this game as long as that server's up. I must I must cancel their power to their house so that the server will drop so that I can get out of here. But um it, it's more like a mush to me than than um, a true MMO. A true MMO, which is interesting. Don't get me wrong, but I still kind of think that model, like you could really extend that model out by having the content that you develop um, being like replicated to other people's servers. So, say like this is crazy, like taking a turn a 90 degree turn but into the technical land but if you were going to do this um and there are there are like um concepts out there for this for like um like transferring files securely so that they can't be snooped on by the government or oh, whatever oh yeah yeah <laughs> so you can have like a percentage of your game server that you would have dedicated to your content but as a part of the contract to have this thing exist it's just for the very reason that if you went away, it wouldn't disappear everywhere. You also have another percentage of your server allocated to other people's stuff, and that's all cross-replicated. So mm -hmm. your server drops out of existence, but you've got pieces over here and pieces over there, everything that can be assembled if you if somebody visits that server. So it's just kind of, it becomes just kind of a... It's very cloud-like. It's totally cloud. It's like a It's like a private cloud for the game. But but homed on people's individual nodes or workstations. Yeah, and and you can and there's definitely technology for stuff like that now. And that would be in the end something much more like Oasis from um, Ready Player One. Oh, so cool! Just not 
just the cloud there wouldn't be hosted, you know, at a corporate level, but an individual contributor kind of level, mm-hmm. um, but with redundancy. Yeah. And I think that something like that would be really cool. However, that being a massive tangent from this conversation <laughs> or where he was headed, it maybe isn't relative or you know relevant to anything. Um, but what I thought was funny about his article was what I was thinking the whole time I read it, which was, well, if we throw out the fact that uh, EverQuest r- 1 is still running, Asheron's Call 1 is still running, Ultima Online is still running, mm-hmm. m- many MUDs that were started previous to those are still running. They is may have gone through, Online still running? Uh, the, there was th- uh, that was asked in the comments, and I believe it is. <sighs> um, the, um, that's wow. the Funcom one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's still running. That's definitely running. No, they were asking about Meridian 59 and another another really old one, which apparently are running. Um, wow. But they've been resurrected. Uh, I forget that company that resurrected a bunch of those old games, and they run them. So, yeah, there might be a point of time where I would say World of Warcraft would um, switch over to maybe a free-to-play model. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that happens... We, I mean, they, they, there's ample opportunities for character customization that, you know, it's worked for Star Wars Old Republic. Yeah. So I think it would be still self-sustainable at that rate. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, because some people just, when they play a free-to-play, they do want to subscribe. I'm one of them. I just want everything. I don't want to have any limitations. I want it all, damn it. (laughs) And I do that whenever I play Star Wars Old Republic, and I even did it for DDO, and I need to stop it because you do need to I stop it because not worth it. I keep forgetting to go and cancel that. Oh, so it stacks just, up. I just renewed today. I got the email for DDO. Yeah, I'd uninstall that yeah. POS. Yeah, but I gotta I gotta go in and, and auto quit auto debiting oh. my credit card. But um, but I think there's a period of time where that happens, and I still think that there would be incentive to to provide updates that weren't just you know cool items for yeah. characters that were, you know, vanity items and such. Um, but even after that fades away, I mean, Asheron's Call 2 is still alive. EverQuest 1, still alive. I, I don't know how much active development there is for it. That might slow down. That would but. be the really the only difference is that the worlds are in stasis, essentially. Yeah, but even then, I mean, for a new player, there's so much content for World of Warcraft that's quality stuff. Yeah. Even as graphics engines get better, I mean, we saw what they did with Mists of Pandaria. It's still totally rocked. It looks beautiful. It looks yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the art design alone is what makes it happen. I agree. So um, I think he's very wrong, although it's interesting to propose that different model, I think. Yeah, and I, I think it would be a different type of game Yeah, that uses that, as we were talking about earlier, whether it were a MOBA it would, it would be a or different, Minecraft. Yeah. I think it would be cool to have more um, community-generated content and and you know worlds. I, I would really like to see Oasis become real. Oh I think gosh, that would be so too. cool. And I feel like we're kind of approaching that. I mean, we look at games like Neverwinter or Shadowrun Returns. Yeah, games are being developed with a more forward-looking slant and saying, "Hey, let's give players the tools now to yeah. create things." And so, if World of Warcraft were to ever do something like that, which is unfathomable to me at the moment yeah but you could have let's say they shut down the servers or they divest themselves and some shoestring company just hosts it 
if players have the ability to create additional content, yeah. then that game doesn't go into stasis. It doesn't become completely static. Right. Or if you wanted to, I mean, there's the things that people do now where they illegally run vanilla WoW. Yeah. If you want to live in that version there, of the game. That's been going on for years, yeah. So yeah. the games don't necessarily die, but Blizzard is doing things to address this situation. The, one of the biggest differences of how they're handling maintenance for Mrs. Fandaria is they're releasing updates in smaller chunks. They're smaller size, but they're more frequent versus yeah. the every six months model that they used to do in the previous Yeah, two, two to three month re- releases or updates as opposed to more massive six month stuff. I think that's a good idea. It makes sense. I mean, they're, they're still introducing classic content, new raids and, and stuff like that for high-level players, but they're also still trying to introduce new gameplay concepts, kind of like with pet battles. They actually cited, and I thought this, it made so much more sense to me, it wasn't just something they threw in there. They intentionally put pet battles in there, the Pokemon aspect yeah. mini-game, because they knew that traditional content, people are so used to playing through that, they just grind through it super quickly, and so they need other types of gameplay, other types of options, whether well, it's cooking well, or... Yeah. That that's the whole thing about the pet battle thing is even though you've out leveled the zone with like your character, you still need to go back and get the character the, the uh, pets. Yeah, it's a, and the they don't zone. level up with you. They it's don't like, level oh, I have to go all. back to level yeah, up my pets. Which is a great idea to add replayability. Um, I thought too what was really interesting about this article um, over on VentureBeat. Yeah, about what they're what Blizzard's trying to do is that they specifically are spending more money and increasing the number of developers as opposed to tapering Winding off, it down. right? Yeah. So that right there tells you that they're they're trying to grow it as opposed to mothballing it or something or, yeah. you know, going to KTLO mode, you know, or something horrible like that, so... Yeah, and they're also, I mean, the biggest challenge, especially for World of Warcraft, with it being a game that millions of people have played and unsubscribed from, is getting those people to come back. Yeah. And all the tactics that they're trying to do that, you know, people... The scroll of resurrection. That, and won't decrying, like, easy button to allow you to level up quickly. Yeah. Or allowing you to actually practice new abilities. So that's pretty cool, that level 90. I'm going to try that out with my high-level guy. And oh my gosh, just the name of the new large raid that's coming up, I'm so, I so wish I could play it. Anything Agrimar? called Siege of Agrimar has to be awesome. Well, if our next eight weeks are successful... Oh my goodness. <laughs> that would be so cool. I, I remember when you were showing me your Lake Powell slideshow oh, yeah. of your high-level adventures when we were playing World of Warcraft in January and February. Just seeing those massive PvP get-ups where you had 40 versus 40 or even 20 versus 20. It just looks so cool. It is so fun, and I don't know why I haven't been playing it. I guess I just... You just need a break sometimes. But knowing I can jump right back into that is is really kind of psyching me up it'll be a lot of fun because that, that those new battlegrounds are some of the most multiplayer fun i've had mm-hmm. including planet fall 2 and including league of legends and stuff i mean those are a blast it's just so especially playing as a as a warlock being able to just like life drain everybody around you unlimited number of <laughs> i folks. love that that's so awesome it all is, those green streams of life yeah it's just like give me your power and, sucking in from NPCs and knowing and that the life. other team is seeing this guy who's like a nexus of all of their energy you know targeting you and how you have to weigh it like do i do it now no 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 must i, I will not yet <laughs> reveal to myself mass. to the jedi <laughs> yeah yeah you have to just wait till everybody's just about near death and then you do it and just kind of 
watch the <laughs> points roll in, you know? It's, it's so it's fun. It's so awesome. Yeah. And so Blizzard has been busy. They've been doing a lot of stuff with World of Warcraft. And right now, of course, the flavor is, it's failing, it's closing. And it doesn't help the most recently Titan... Yeah. Whatever it was was completely scrapped after years of development, yeah. and people were pulled from Titan. It's gone the way of StarCraft Ghost. Yeah, it's like it's apparently going to be. It's still going to happen many years from now, but the people who are working on Titan and there was actually something playable have been pulled from that to instead work on World of Warcraft updates, like you're mentioning. Yeah, and the Blizzard All Stars StarCraft Two MOBA spinoff, which is crazy to me. Yeah, and maybe they're hoping that they're going to have their own Dota 2 like Valve is like, wow, really all we need to do is make Dota 2 and then all of our profit problems are solved. We don't really need to make any more games. Yeah, they're like, no, wait a minute. Dota was using our game engine and Dota 2 is a blatant ripoff of much of our character art. Well, hell, why are we doing this MOBA thing? Yeah. We're already doing it with themes such as Lord of the Rings and DC Heroes and Everybody's making a MOBA, so why not us? Yeah. Well, they might as well. And apparently Titan's still being worked on, but they've at least confirmed just the other day that it's likely not going to be a subscription MMO. It's smaller in scope now. It'll be called Groundhog or Dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) Imp. (laughs) Chihuahua. Yeah, so those are our World of Warcraft stories. That's our news. That's our news. And now it's time to get into Monday Game Night. We had another instance of League of Legends, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I continued my efforts to make an unbeatable robotic opponent. That's right. We did not play against humans again, again. because we still didn't feel like we were quite ready for that. Yep. And Mark did his best job. And that first one, we came very close. <laughs> we that, did. That we was... ended up playing three games. We played a traditional classic Summoner's Rift game and then two games of dominion after that yeah and in all of them we were pushed to the limits yeah i believe there was some questioning of my 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 sanity for choosing our our opponents Mm -hmm. but i thought it made it more challenging and which all i wanted was to not be a pushover yeah and And even there was times where it seemed like we were starting to really get the upper hand and then it would turn on us yeah yeah it was pretty cool all in all, I'll say that it was a fun, successful night. In spite of the questions about your opponent selection, it proved to be the challenge that we needed. In my opinion, yes. Yeah, and it, gosh, it really made me wish that I was playing with my main Oh, I know, account, me too. Because the champion selection was kind of they were weak None this of week, them were my favorites. The free champs. And, um... And not having my runes the way I like it, and all my mastery stuff. and can make a difference. Yeah. But it still, it left me wanting to play more. Yeah. I want to play it some more, regardless of... We're obviously not going to do that starting next week. We're not going to play eight weeks of League of Legends. We're going to get into World of Warcraft in our very next Monday game night. But League of Legends, I will need to make time for because it's just so much fun. Yeah. And me too. Yeah, I really want to I want to try and get, you know, kind of back into the swing of things with it. It's been a while, so... Yeah. I think Scott, Southern Scott and I are going to be playing that at PAX during when we get back to the hotel. Oh, like yeah. Last year. 
Boy, if you get, so much fun. If you get any more unlocks for character champions <laughs> just that are extra, please let me know because that was a yeah, blast last time. Definitely. I was so psyched to get that skin for uh, well, Canine Ravit, Ramus. Or... What's the name of the Egyptian dog, dude? That's the one I was trying to say, and it's not Ramus. Canine. Canine. I oh, can't well. recall. It was a name that I remember Southern Scott had a unique pronunciation for that as well. I can't remember the name of that guy. But also Siver, the, yeah, the Tron, Tron style Siver, Siver. That is too cool. She was really cool. Yeah, I, man, I can't believe I can't remember the Egyptian dog guy's name. It seems name. like it starts with an R, but I keep going Ramus and Renekton, and it's not that. Or, or is it Riven? It's not that. Uh, oh, well. We will figure that out at some point. <laughs> yeah. When it becomes important to us. But speaking of our decision to go with World of Warcraft, it was not met with universal acclaim, as it turns out. <laughs> no, it was only only um, partially successful as an effort. That's why we should have made it more of a grassroots effort and <laughs> paid people to, to vote. But, uh, yeah. Um, Nasus was the name of the Nasus, that's the one. Or Naeus, as Southern Scott says. Oh, I've never looked up the pronunciation of that yeah. one. But well, well, first of all, Southern Scott actually had a reaction. He was he was reacting while I listened to the episode. He was like live emailing. Yeah, the first one was like, and Noah throws me under the bus. Mark's the one that had the level six tune. My tune used last week had no games on it, sitting at level one. And of course, Mark just lets it slide under the radar while Noah bitches about it. I may have looked off into the distance with a <laughs> smirk on my face. <laughs> I totally got mixed up, but yeah, I thought that Scott had arrived with yeah. level six, but it was you. And I remember saying something to you about it, but in the chaos that followed, I got all mixed up about it. That was perfect for my... my uh for your purposes and entertainment. Purposes. Yeah. And as it turns out, our recollection of who the first selection of champions two weeks ago in our League of Legends since was, it was inaccurate. And both Military Scott and Southern Scott were correcting us when they talked to us. And Southern Scott even sent an email saying, good Lord, we played against Garen, Annie, Tistana. Tristana, I think. Malphite and Fiddlesticks. And so obviously we need handlers for this show. Yeah. We, we're, we, have we need become, a producer. We have become such massive idiots. Slash, <laughs> um, what, what else would we be? We've just become so oblivious to the details when we do this that we yeah. need people to set us straight. People are good with canon and stuff like that. I'm just horrible at it sometimes. It just depends on the subject. Some things are dialed in. Other things, pretty vague. But yeah. that's okay. What was important was whether we won or we lost, and that's the thing that we Yeah, or whether or not anybody said anything I could make fun of ever, <laughs> as always. So, um, but anyway. But they were already trying to conspiracy theorize what the game was going to be before they even heard the, the episode where we announced that we were going to do World of Warcraft, and Southern Scott was automatically jumping to the conclusion we were playing level 50 WoW and counterproposed playing some other game other than that with anybody else who would take it while and mark indulges his inner panda yeah that's how you put it while mark indulges his inner panda and s s military scott was joking that maybe we were going to choose hobo hotel yeah instead but then he found out when it was world of warcraft 
Even after saying that he'd play Tiddlywinks with us, he's like, OMFG, World of Warcraft, you guys just bought a one-way ticket to the amazing township aptly named Goatfuckerville. <laughs> what did he really think? But he said that he, he admitted that Mark's proposal that having, doing high-level PvP could be really fun. He's like, yeah, I could do that. I can't believe I'm thinking about it. But at the end of the day, in spite of what Mark and I said... Our attempts. Southern Scott and Military Scott are going to run off to the World of Warplanes field. We tried our best to inspire them. Agamemnon's going to go with them. But Hilgi's going to be with us, and I reached out to Jay Sean and also Tom, who played Zhang Deji, with us. Both of them sound interested in joining us. And Hugh might join us, but he's currently at half the level. He has more homework than we do. Yeah, he's at level 25, whereas the rest of us are... Level 48, 49, is he? Yeah. Was it him that came up with the list? It was Hilgi. Oh, Hilgi came up with the Hilgi's list. Hilgi's like, these are the levels. That was awesome. I was Hilgi impressed. Was, I was like, oh, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, so I hope that Hugh can join us as well, because he was fun. Yeah, I remember really when, he, fun. when I first encountered him, I had no idea who it was, and just this random torn rain up, ran up to me and was following me and then it waved at me and I'm like who the hell is this and it's <laughs> all like Noah and I'm like yeah he's like I'm like how do you know who I am I'm like you must be a listener but who are you and he laughed and he's like oh it's you I'm like oh wow that's cool he's he's Hugh yet he's one of the Scots because he's Scottish so he's still technically a Scot <laughs> that's right I like to hang on to that one you do you do I'm sure remind you. It's clever to me. Constantly. Simple-minded to most. <laughs> Not even. Whenever we see that one-star me- iTunes review about that, and funny. enough of the Hugh jokes, yeah. we'll know who it came from. Please stop talking about that, Mark. <laughs> and playing WoW. Um, but yeah, it, there was there was a little bit of there was a glimmer of hope where it's like, well, maybe they'll join us. I mean, Cormac was like, well, I'd have to resubscribe. I'm not sure if I want to do that. He's like, I do have a high-level character, but then I have to transfer, and I have to pay to do all that. And I'm just not sure I can do it. And you pointed out that any server, and you can join us if you just if you want to turn into a death knight. Yeah, you can make a death knight if you've ever passed 60, I think. That's right. You can just make a death knight from scratch. You can yeah. start at level 58. Yeah. So it wasn't a... It's not but nobody really responded to that idea. No, that was the one where it didn't I, seem to click with anybody. I knew then and there that wow, the lines the had been drawn. <laughs> yeah, the die was cast, which is totally cool because totally you know fine. it's yeah. not for everyone. And, and we've uh, always known that every we I mean, couldn't get everybody on board with every game we play. Of of all of those people, I think they've all played WoW at some point. It's been the right time for them, but right now it's not. So. Yeah, uh, but I think it is for us. Mm-hmm. I think things were unresolved in our last visit to the world of Azeroth. and I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be cool to start an MMO tour, not from scratch, but from a higher level. Oh, yeah, and as, and with a team, too, that can work together, that we already know we work well together, and I think it's going to be really cool to hit that Outland content. Oh, yeah, um, Some of the stuff I've never done that I always wanted to do instance-wise out there should be a blast. Agreed. Yeah, so we are sure that we will have many great adventures, and it will be different from our last WoW tour and that we'll still be covering the news and everything else on the side, so we will not be all WoW all the time for the next two months. No. Nope. But if you want to join us, 
Join we'll us. be playing on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on the Arthas server. We have our own channel, Massive Guild. We'd love for you to join our guild. Yep, level that guild. Yeah, and you can be at any level that you want. I mean, if you want to start anew yep. and be in the guild with us, by all means, go ahead and, and do it. if you want to join us, um, I think the best way would be to email us at um, mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. And let us know what your Skype name's going to be. And that's yeah. all we'll need. And we'll get you on the Skype call, and then from there we can figure out, you know, Talk what your you through. character name is, and get you into the yeah. guild and into the group. Or if you don't want to join the guild, but you happen to be on that server, but you want to play with us, that's fine too. Um, but we'll uh, that would be fun to meet some new folks that want to want to join in. If should you have a character at the right level, you know, forty-nine ish. Yeah. I yeah. think is kind of where we're sitting. And as we get closer to that high-level content, we won't be constrained by. We can only have five people in the group. We'll be yeah. able to do those big things, which would be we can really do cool. The bigger stuff, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So stuff to look forward to. That is probably going to be the next eight weeks, unless yeah. something strange happens and we're like, all right, we need to cut it short at a month. They release Titan. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of four weeks out, we are going to be going to Dragon Con and Pax. Mark will be going to Dragon Con. I'll be going to Pax. Southern Scott will be going to Pax. Military Scott and Bob will be going to Dragon Con. Yeah. Or Agamemnon will be and there. And Agamemnon's going to be there as well. Which so. for him is like walking out his front door, but he'll be there. Yeah. So, so there will be many adventures halfway through our journey, our, our return to World of Warcraft. Something else that we're considering, and we'd love to hear your opinions on, we're thinking about trying to figure out if we can live cast. I mean, we're already trying to figure out how to live cast pretty successfully our Monday game nights. And yeah. I don't know how that's going to work since... Up the, to now, leader. military Scott was the person that, and he's not playing WoW, so we're gonna have to figure out what's going on there. But we're also talking about live casting our recording sessions. Now, the thing I don't, I want to look into is um, when it's live, I get that people can see it, but after it's live, can you still watch them? Does yeah, it, it depends. I, I've them? seen some people where it, I, get, I don't know if it's a, the service or it's a setting, but there's some where it's like you're either there and you see it or you don't see it. And there's other ones where it's actually a recording. Yeah, I would like to do the recording variant so that we can... So we'll have YouTube them. videos, and we'll have pure audio. Yeah. You can see the madness as it happens. Yeah. Our ugly mugs. Yeah. Well, speaking for, for myself. <laughs> it will not be good. But we think it could add something fun, and potentially we could have audience participation while we're live casting. You can throw in your comments and your feedback while we're yeah. recording. Yeah, I think that'd be cool to have a little chat. A nice little twist to things. Yeah. Have so Scott correct us correct as us we record. Right in the middle. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, you know, with the Maybe right we audience. don't want that. We might sound somewhat authoritative. And That's true. Actually, Scott can be our remote producer. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Mark. That wasn't how it went. Oh, hold on a minute. This just in. <laughs> I was completely wrong on that, um, which I would probably be, so... Yeah, it's a cool idea. So we'll have to, we're going to keep trying to work on it and make yeah. it see the light of day. Yeah, and so let us know if you think that sounds cool or if you have some suggestions on how to do it. Of course, we are always welcome to those as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you join us in World of Warcraft. Yes. Tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday the 5th, I think it is. Sounds or, good enough to me. Yeah. Today's the... Uh, time continuum yeah so we hope you join us and if you want to join us in league of legends or some other game let us know we're happy to hear that too yeah heck yeah should be fun we'll be back with our first return to wow next week 